0: These are the do-nothing liberals who really, quite honestly, are usurping—I mean, this is basically tyranny by the majority. I mean, normally impeachment, every other time in our nation's history, has moved forward on a bipartisan note, and even Nancy Pelosi herself said it should, and now it's—in fact, the only bipartisan piece of this is against it. You're listening to Code Red with Secure America Now, the largest national security grassroots army.
1: Mark Green is a medical doctor, a graduate of West Point, a patriot, and a congressman from the great state of Tennessee. Welcome, Congressman Mark Green. Thanks. Today, to be today the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives placed before the House a vote, or they're going to place the vote, on whether to impeach President Trump. In your opinion, did the House hearings on impeachment produce evidence of impeachable offenses by President Trump?
0: Uh, no, not at all. First, on the accusation, you know, the accusation, I'm very comfortable with our president looking into cor- corruption from a previous election. I'm very uh, okay with our president looking into corruption of public officials, whether or not a a vice president used his office to get his son special favors and from foreign government. I, you know, I'm very okay with that. So from the accusation standpoint, I don't have a problem. Uh, from the proof standpoint, I don't think there was any proof of anything. Uh, at best, we got presumption by a witness who overheard a phone call. So I, I don't think that there's uh, any proof of any crime, and I don't think the accusation in and of itself is bad. So
1: so would is it fair to call this action a political action uh, rather than a serious prosecution
0: oh I think they are going by the Constitution
1: abusing
0: the Constitution and their power as the majority and it is uh, you know beyond that that it is it is a uh, an in, I guess you would say an indictment. Technically, I don't think that the House can can actually make a ruling on the merits. They make a an indictment to the Senate, and then the Senate hosts the trial. Um, but, but, but it's. I would say the process itself is illegitimate. The way they've gone about it violates House rules. It's totally and completely unfair. Um, and, uh, but, but they are, are, uh, you know doing that, that impeachment piece uh, per the
1: Constitution. Uh, in today's Washington Post, columnist Mark Tyson wrote, and I'm gonna quote from his column today, yet these past few weeks have arguably been the best of Trump's presidency, not despite impeachment, but in in no small part because of it. Then he goes on to talk about the president's uh, replacement of NAFTA, his first-phase conclusion of the deal with China, or a trade deal with China, our booming economy, lifting wages and slashing income inequality. And... Would you agree with this assessment that, in fact, that there's a whole lot being done by this administration and by the Senate, uh, the Republicans in the Senate, especially in terms of uh, judicial approvals, that there is really a great deal being done away from the impe- uh, from the impeachment issue? Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, despite three years of a blistering first Russian collusion, you know, deep dive, $35 million, multiple attorneys digging in and under every rock, finding nothing, you know, that they've essentially been impeaching this president from day one. And he's probably been the most productive president in the history of America. What's happened with unemployment, with the economy in general, the stock market peoples. you know, these aren't rich people. We're talking about retirees, school teachers whose pensions have gone through the roof because the stock market is up. And this is helping every single American. And, you know, he's had a fantastic run. Uh, As far as, you know, Thiessen's article this morning and whether or not this is the best uh, weeks of the president, I I actually think this is going to wind up being a badge of honor because you have to look at who is it that's taking him to task on this. These are the do-nothing liberals who really, quite honestly, are usurping— I mean, this is basically tyranny by the majority. I mean, normally impeachment every other time in our nation's history has moved forward on a bipartisan note, and even Nancy Pelosi herself said it should, and now it's toed. in fact, the only bipartisan piece of this is against it. So it's—you um, know, I think, honestly, I think it's— tyrannical what they're doing. And and they just recently attacked, basically completely disregarded the Supreme Court. You know, the Supreme Court on Article 2 of the impeachment articles, which was about the president saying people can't testify, the Supreme Court has decided to take that lower case up. So that means the Supreme Court has decided to rule on this, and they're not waiting on the Supreme Court. Supreme Court, be damned. We're going forward with impeaching this president. I mean, this is tyranny.
1: Well, uh, the people who are going to be listening to this podcast, including myself, agree with you that it is a shameful abuse of power um, by the Democrats in the House. And uh, and in addition to to impeachment, there was also news this week about very serious wrongdoings by the FBI and by the use of the FISA court. Can you comment on that? I know that you serve on the Homeland Security Oversight Committee. What what is your take on the subpoenas that were issued by the FBI and by the activities of this law enforcement agency? Well, very
0: clearly, it was um, at a minimum there was a crime committed in falsifying documents in order to get the face course. the court. So We know for a fact uh, that that multiple errors were made, and then there was there, there were crimes committed. So the, uh, the Mr. Durham is you know deeply investigating that piece of it, and his mandate is much larger than. Horowitz's very narrow uh, IG investigation. So I think I think we're going to see you, you now see Comey and uh, I think it was Brimmer uh, that came out and said yeah, start backpedaling and oh the FBI was wrong and and the FISA court itself uh, I saw the Wall Street Journal today actually <laughs> issued a condemnation of the FBI. Now this is the FISA court <laughs> condemning the FBI for its uh, its incredible uh, mis management misjudgment uh, potentially cr- criminal criminal acts. so i think a lot more is coming out of this uh, it's incredibly concerning to think that our government could have been manipulated to surveil an american citizen during a campaign for president i mean i just think that's egregious the, the idea of it and that it's based on a falsehood a manipulated document i mean this is This is huge, and uh, we we all are looking to Mr. Durham, uh, and it's funny, you know, the, the mainstream media didn't publish any, not hardly a word, of Senator Lindsey Graham's
1: committee hearing,
0: judiciary committee hearing with Mr. Horowitz, where Mr. Horowitz very clearly corrected the media, this is a big deal. You know, they brushed it all off as if it was nothing. Uh, and and but, of course they didn't you know they didn't put any of that out there, so they're as guilty as the House majority
1: you know, congressman, during your stellar career, you uh had the auspicious experience of spending uh a night in jail with Saddam Hussein. Not that you were a criminal, but that you were someone <laughs> yeah. that. I know. Uh, but it's a can you give us a, a, a capsule uh, uh, assessment of your time that you spent with Saddam Hussein after he was captured by American forces? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I was
0: the physician. For the special operations task force that was hunting for WMD and hunting for Saddam and Saddam enablers, uh, regime members, things like that. Um, I did tons of different missions, you know, uh, capturing various people and, uh, you know, looking for WMD. And so of course I was there when we got Saddam Hussein. Uh, and when I went back to the, uh, interrogation facility where he was, the commander of the unit, a Navy admiral, uh, former Navy SEAL, uh, basically said, "Hey, Mark, I want a physician to stay with this guy. Don't let him martyr himself. Uh, do you want to go in and, and stay the night with him?" And I'm like, "Heck yeah!" And so I I go in with the purpose of letting him sleep, and and I'll just you know watch and make sure he doesn't harm himself. Well, Saddam sits up and just starts a conversation with me. And the conversation lasted, I gosh, um, it, it was probably six hours or so. Um, you know, it was fantastic, uh, unbelievable opportunity to be there on the night of his capture and interview him and talk to him. Um, and, you know, I just asked various questions about uh, history. I had to stay away from the legal uh, Case against him. I couldn't ask about WMP or anything like that, but I asked about his coup, his first coup attempts, and um, and and why he invaded Kuwait, why he started the Iran Iraq War, those kinds of things. Um, you know, unbelievably life changing for me, and, um, and of course the beginning of his many interrogations
1: uh, in captivity. You know, there is. Um, I remember from an interview that you gave, that you talked about um, what came across as the humanity of Saddam Hussein. And having studied uh, dictators and some really, uh, the activities of some kind of uh, horrendous people like an Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin, there was also part of these monsters Part of their personalities also included some very humane aspects, as being what we would call normal human beings. And uh, what was your take on Saddam and the man, not just the dictator?
0: Well, I, you know, I don't want to say that he he was human in any way, other than to say that he, uh, was very charming in his interactions with me. Um, he was, uh, an evil um, person. I mean, he, he killed so many people. He used mustard gas on at least one of his own villages, uh, you know, up in the Kurdish regions, uh, that image of the mother, the dead mother clasping her dead baby infant in her arms after that, uh, Village was gassed. Uh, you know, I don't think of uh, Saddam at all as a human, but I will say that he was incredibly charming. Which I would think evil. You know, that's kind of the way evil is. It's not. You don't get a sense of evil. You get a. You get an allure. You get a trick. You get, and in the case of Saddam, when I was speaking with him, he was incredibly charming.
1: You know, uh, this week, uh, President uh, Trump. Uh, Issued a statement out of the White House in which he uh, acknowledged the heroics of the American army during the Battle of the Bulge at the end of World War II. And what struck me about this uh, statement by the president was I cannot remember of a president of the United States, in a sense, going out of his way to praise American soldiers uh, 75 years after they did their service. Do you find that this president has a particularly strong feeling for the American military and for the national security issues that he's addressing? Oh, absolutely! This president is
0: very, very pro-military. I will say there are other presidents. You know, I I think very highly of uh, Ronald Reagan's speech at the 50th anniversary of D-Day. If you go back and listen to that speech, it's unbelievable. But I, you know, Donald Trump very clearly, President Trump very clearly, deeply admires uh, the service and sacrifice of uh, of America's warriors and and the fact that the world is free because of their blood and sweat.
1: Do you think, and this is using a crystal ball, that after this nonsense of impeachment is completed by the Democrats, meaning that the Senate uh, disposes of it, um, do you think that... There is any chance that before the 2020 election that uh, the House Democrats will actually do something constructive for the American people?
0: Yeah, I think they have to now, Um, you know, and they are
1: voting on USMCA,
0: um, and and they're doing that uh, because they kind of have to. Right. I mean, I'll give you an example. I'm in a committee tomorrow that is. doing a bill markup and voting on bills in my oversight committee. The last time we did that was June in that committee. (laughs) So, so they're now in a rush to get some things done in this last week. Uh, and it's, you know, to try to show that they, they actually are governing. We know they're not, we know we've lost so much time on things like USMCA. Um, so it's, but that's that's their modus operandi. They have to go out there and do that now.
1: Do you, as as a congressman, and you represent a district in in the state of Tennessee, um, what are your top three priorities in terms of issues and uh, things that you feel that uh, on, are on top of your list? To get accomplished, those kinds. Well,
0: obviously, if you're talking about legislatively, uh, you know, as a as a freshman, that's that's not that significant. If you're, if you're talking globally about what I want to see happening in government, that that's different. Um, mm-hmm. Legislatively, I you know, obviously, I'm pushing a lot of pro-veteran legislation. I'm pushing pro-rural hospital legislation, trying to save our rural hospitals because. It's really too much government interference that's the problem and not, you know, some of the liberals are out there saying we got to, you know, spend more money. That's not the issue. What we've got to do is create a fair marketplace and and let them thrive. Um, But it's bills like that. Using my military history or my military experience, my business experience, my physician's experience, I, I did pass a bill on the House floor that redesigned the Homeland Security's intelligence uh, gathering analysis and distribution process. Uh, again using my military experience to kind of influence what happens at homeland security. So it's built like that. that's a great example of what
1: I what I plan to be doing. And globally, what what do you think should be done and what's your opinion on the most important issues from your perspective? I think the division, the
0: divisiveness in the country, is probably our biggest concern, and the only way to fix it is to go back to federalism, to what the, the the founders intended at the beginning, and that was to let the local governments and state governments make all almost all of the decisions, you know, except for what was enumerated in the Constitution, you know. in that way, if California wants to be, uh, um, you know, a universal health and have Medicaid for all, and Fine, they can do that. Tennessee will do healthcare its way. Uh, but if, but if you have a divided House of Representatives like this, where uh, the the the, per, the party in charge makes all the decisions, that's essentially tyranny, and 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 I don't think America Americans are going to tolerate that. And so I, I find it. I think our only hope is to get back to states' rights. Well, that's probably well, I, the number
1: one issue. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And uh, what other issues is concern? you? Uh, well, we've got to get our spending, you know,
0: under control. I mean, we are bankrupting the country. Uh, and this uh, labor minibus from yesterday uh, was a fine example of that. Um, if we do not get our spending under control, it won't matter because we won't be a country. We'll be broke. Um, so clearly that's got to happen.
1: Okay. Um I, I not only I look, I agree with you on both of these are extremely important issues and the federalism issue is something that's near and dear to our hearts. And as a matter of fact, one of your colleagues is a great proponent of that, which is Chip Roy from Texas. And yes. um federalism is in every fiber of this body in terms of returning to what the founders uh, perceived that this country uh, should, how it should be governed. Um, Look, Congressman, I know that today is a very busy day. Um, I want to thank you for the time that you spent with us, and I also would like to Thank you for the service that you've done for the country, and you continue to do for the country. And I want to uh, invite you to come on to uh, Secure America's now Code Red broadcast, and um, and update us as um, as your career goes on, and as the country. Goes through what I think is a positive revolution after impeachment is disposed of. Well, thanks for having me on the on the podcast and, and call anytime. Fantastic. Well, if you can take the time today as doing <laughs> impeachment, uh, I, I take you at your word and we will. Thank yes, you very sir. much, Congressman Mark Green. Have a great
0: day. And America. Thank you for listening to Code Red with Secure America Now. We are the largest national security digital platform in the nation, dedicated to bringing critical security issues to the forefront of the American debate. For more information, visit our website at www.secureamericanow.org.
1: Don't miss a single Code Red podcast.
0: Subscribe today on Spotify, iTunes, or Podbean. You can also find the Code Red podcast on YouTube.